Welcome to Credit Hour, a weekly thought-provoking conversation with the brightest minds from the University of South Dakota. They get the credit, we ask the questions. This is Credit Hour. On today's episode of Credit Hour, we speak with USD President Sheila Gestring about the university's response to the coronavirus pandemic, her third state of the university, and USD's new strategic plan. Sheila, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing well. Uh, Thank you for asking. How are you doing, Michael? Good, good. Um, Well, you know, this has obviously been an unprecedented few months. You know, is there anything in particular that has stuck out with you? You know, I think the absolute resiliency and resolve of our Coyote family, um, the way the 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 campus, the faculty, staff, students, and, and the community really we all rallied together when we saw a large surge on new cases Um, to be where we are today down 90% from just a couple weeks ago is just a tremendous testament to how working together toward a common goal can be very powerful and no one threw in the towel. They, they really dug their feet in and decided we were going to slow that virus spread down. And that's exactly what was accomplished. That really stuck out for me a lot. You know, what has been, I guess, the biggest challenge? You know, the biggest challenge in all of this is so much uncertainty and things change sometimes daily, sometimes weekly, sometimes even faster than that. Um, You know, there's no playbook for a pandemic that I've been able to find. So, um, you know, having to pivot and uh, approach everything with a, based on what we know right now, here's how we're moving forward. That's a little bit different than what we're accustomed to, especially in higher education. So I would say just a lot of uncertainty and trying to do our very best in responding and reacting as quickly as possible. You know, obviously, every college and department um, had to deal with you know different circumstances, different difficulties, um, and in a lot of ways, you know, these departments I think succeeded, right? I mean, what has been, I guess, some of those stories that you've heard on campus um, about, I guess, our resiliency, or or what has excited you, I guess, about the last few months? Well, yeah, I mean, you you hit it on the head last spring. Um, for our faculty to be able to pivot so quickly um, in such a short period of time when we really didn't know very much about the the coronavirus at all. Um, To do that in such a short period of time was kind of a Herculean feat, for lack of a better phrase. Um, Just incredibly impressed with how quickly faculty responded, reacted, and made sure that the students still had a quality academic experience. And then um, spending the summer taking advantage of opportunities with uh, the Center for Teaching and Learning so that they were prepared in case there had to be another pivot or um, maybe not a full pivot, but if they had students that needed to be in quarantine or isolation preparing for still being able to serve those students while they're not able to come to class. Um, We had a lot of faculty members um, participate in um, some training relative to hybrid course delivery and some that hadn't before delivered online, participating in best practices on how to do that online. And a lot of that was because we had some facility limitations. Uh, Part of our COVID 
response and plan was to have what we coin as COVID capacity for each room. We had to make sure that each station was six feet apart. Well, that reduces our classroom capacity very significantly. And um, so in certain circumstances, we weren't able to accommodate a full face-to-face. So faculty really took it upon themselves to learn how best to, to deliver some of those hybrid courses that they were going to be asked to teach and some of those online courses. Um, so that that certainly was the foundation for what I consider now to your question to be the most exciting, the fact that we're able to have students back on campus and the fact that we've been able to remain face-to-face and continuing to move forward with initiatives on campus. Um, COVID hasn't uh, paralyzed us in terms of moving forward when I think about initiatives like the eSports Arena and Charlie's Covered and and some of the other things we've been able to accomplish all while we're dealing with a pandemic. And that is just, that just speaks to the Kyle family and how resilient we are. And we're not going to let this virus control us or stop us from moving forward. That's been exciting to witness. You know, on, on the flip side of that, what I guess has been the biggest disappointment? You know, for me, it's not so much anything to do with USD or Vermilion community or locally. The biggest disappointment for me has been sort of all the national unrest and polarization. You know, at first in early March and April, it almost seemed like nationally we were all coming together and we were going to fight this thing together. And then I don't know if people became wary of social distancing and um, not being able to socialize in the ways that they had in the past. But about three months later, we started to see this separation. And and now we've really reached almost an unsettling level of polarization in parts of our country. Um, You know, we're fortunate here in Vermilion because I'm not seeing that. Um, But... Um, we also have to make sure that we stay together. Um, We don't want to see that. We want to become a model community and stay that. We are a model community, and we want to continue to improve on what we already have. Yeah, just speaking about, and and you touched on this um, earlier, just kind of the university's efforts um, and really the entire communities to continue to practice social distancing, wearing masks, and there's been some success as far as reducing cases. I mean, how will the university continue to monitor and respond to coronavirus cases amongst students, faculty, staff? Right. So just because our case numbers went down and they've settled down, we can't get complacent. Um, So we'll continue our current protocols of testing symptomatic individuals. Um, Something new with the help of the Department of Health and our wonderful student health partner, Sanford Vermillion, we're planning some fentanyl testing and hope to get that announced and kicked off here shortly. Um, We'll continue with our quarantine and isolation services like meal deliveries for residential students, grocery delivery for um, students that may be living off campus. Um, I believe quarantine and isolation faculty and staff are also eligible for us to do those Vermilion um, 
based grocery deliveries in partnership with Hy-Vee. Um, and another thing that we've done too, to make sure that we're doing the best that we can do to serve those individuals in quarantine and isolation is to survey those that have been, those students that have been in our campus-based quarantine and isolation. And some really early feedback that I want to point to is that our faculty and staff have been nothing short of outstanding. The students have early indications have said with 90% um, satisfaction that their course quality is uh, wonderful. Um, they're also saying with 90% satisfaction that faculty have been very understanding and great to work with when students are in quarantine and isolation. And as you can imagine, during a fairly unpleasant time, that level of satisfaction is just phenomenal. So deep, true thanks to the faculty for just being wonderful and keeping that quality of education going. Um, well, we didn't want to just talk about the coronavirus um, with you today. You know, the and you mentioned this earlier. I mean, there's so many different events, um, programs that are still continuing um, at the university. And, you know, I think back just, again, just how fast and long all at the same time the past few months have seemed, right? You know, are there any achievements or events the past few months that we may have missed just with kind of all the excitement? You mentioned esports and Charlie's Cupboard. Um, first of all, can you maybe explain what's happening with those? And are there any are there anything else that you'd like to share with us? Yeah, there really are a number of things. It's 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 hard to reflect back, but when you do, a lot of things have happened just in the last several months. But to start, the esports arena um, that space was a testing center, and the testing center basically outgrew that space because the demand was so high. And so then we had this facility that, or room that was effectively sort of perfect for an esports arena. It had ports at every station, um, so not a lot of renovation costs involved. And we had this student group that started two years ago with about a 20 members. And before the esports arena was completed, had over 120 members participating. And, you know, e the esports arena is really important and exciting because we're always looking for ways for students to engage because we know that an engaged student persists to graduation. So that's a really exciting one. Charlie's Covered is, um, I think, another shining example of why when we say coyote family, um, it's more than just a phrase. Uh, we had students come together, um, as last year's SGA president and vice president, and really took on this project to create a food pantry on our Vermilion campus in partnership with the Vermilion Food Pantry um, because of a recognition uh, that one in three students May, in, may experience a food insecurity. Um, and having a food insecurity can impact your ability to reach your full potential um, in the classroom. And if we can remove barriers that prevent you from reaching your full potential, that's something that we want to do. So really incredibly proud of those students and excited that we have Charlie's Cover as an option so that we can combat 
food insecurities for our students. Oh, just some other things that have happened here in the past month or so is a work scholars pilot where we're effectively matching students with employers. We heard from our students that they want opportunities for employment here more locally. So we've reached out to local businesses um, and we're starting a pilot. 30 initial spots had 200 plus um, applicants. So we know there's a need there and we're going to work quickly to expand that. You know, our U.S. News and World Report ranking, we jumped 14 spots. And we are the top national university in the Dakotas. We are top in public universities for the Dakotas. And moving up 14 spots is just phenomenal. So that's testament, again, to the quality of education that's provided here at USD. We had our HLC accreditation visit. Um, can't thank the team enough for putting in so much time and effort and work to make sure that that process went smoothly. And our exit interview was very positive. Um, Some areas of pride that they pointed out for USD were um, achievements in assessment, co-curricular activities, our quality initiative, which was um, grounded in diversity efforts and moving forward there. Um, we'll get a draft report here in a few weeks, but the exit interview was really positive. So thanks to campus for for all the work that's been done since our last visit. The dome renovation is exciting. National Music Museum expansion and renovation, very exciting. Um, Knutson Theater and their their two and a half million dollar renovation and new seats finally after probably 40 plus years. Twelve and a half million dollar law school naming gift. Um, the proceeds of which will be used for scholarships for um, law students. Uh, Research really didn't suffer on campus because of COVID. And in fact, we're getting some exciting new opportunities in the areas of research. And I could probably go on for another 20 minutes, but I'll stop there. (laughs) Well, you know, one thing that jumped out to me, um, I, I think the last few years, as you've kind of assumed the presidency, one thing that you've championed is, the idea of like mentorship and the work scholar program to me is interesting because I, you know, I think on face you worry about if you have limited, you know, face to face interaction or um, you can't necessarily do those sorts of activities anymore. Like how are students getting and forming those relationships um, with employers, with faculty that kind of serve them? I don't know if you can talk about USD's efforts in that regard um, and why I guess you think that those sorts of relationships are so important. Well, yeah. Um, Right now, one of the things that's really helping us with the mentorship side, the Alumni Association is really sort of pivoting to become more of that networking opportunity and um, that lifelong learning opportunity and connecting individuals in that way. You know, as to the importance of mentorship and networking, um, there's a reason that... um, services like LinkedIn exist, right? They're having those networks can really expand your opportunities for reaching out and just having a conversation with a colleague, um, perhaps as you're looking to advance in your career, um, looking for some support and advice. Um, where do I find some additional professional development? Um, and We've learned how to do that differently. Um, As you mentioned, with COVID, sometimes that's a little bit different. And uh, we've learned how to do that differently, um, even amidst COVID. 
uh, one of our partners in the Work Scholars actually made um, a remote option available to them, um, Five Star Communications down in um, North Sioux City. So I think those opportunities are critical because um, it's more than just a job. With Work Scholars, you'll have that networking opportunity. You'll have that mentorship. Um, we're also going to pro provide um, development for those individuals that will include things like professionalism on the job. Um, so really just preparing students for that first career. And we want to expand that to be able to meet everyone's needs. That will take some work and some time. But so far, the pilot seems to be going very well. You are delivering the State of the University next week. Um, can you preview its message for us? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back to sort of what I said earlier. Um, the message is we are not going to be controlled, stopped, or deterred by this virus. Uh, we're going to keep moving forward as we have throughout the pandemic, and we're going to reach even greater heights. Um, we have, as I mentioned earlier, just an incredible Coyote family and team and community. And with that in place, Honestly, the sky is the limit and just have an incredible potential future ahead of us. You know, the last few months, USD also, you know, went through a, a I guess, strategic um, planning process where they examined some of the core priorities that the university, um, you know, puts out there and tries to adhere to. Can you tell us about this process and maybe what you learned from it? Yeah, it's a little bit different than what we've employed in the past. Um, we brought in a an individual that works with very few universities. He will only work with those that he believes are committed to doing um, more with a strategic plan than assembling it and putting it on the shelf. Um, but he also takes a little bit more pragmatic approach, um, one that really spoke to me. And so what we did, is, and this individual's name was Pat Sanahan, we assembled a strategic plan task force um, the majority of which is made up of faculty. Um, we, that group went through several exercises. Um, one key among them was identifying constituents, both internal and external. And it's, it's shocking to learn how many various constituency groups we have. And then with that information, um, went out and engaged over 1,000 constituents and got their feedback um, on where they thought the university could serve their constituency better, where they thought the university should be looking to go in the next five years. Um, lots of different engaging questions there and some common themes began to emerge. Um, so then the task force compiled all of that data, as you can imagine, a thousand constituents plus. That took some time to get that compiled. And then they went to work to identify some measurable goals for each of those themes. Um, and I think the result of that is going to be a strategic plan that has buy-in and resulting ownership in the progress of those goals. Um, and that will keep USD on its very positive trajectory for the next five years. You know, and I, I think when you look forward, especially with like so much uncertainty, it's just like hard to pre predict what's going to happen, right? I mean, how do you anticipate 
public universities, I guess, responding to the different challenges and opportunities that are going to come our way the next few years? Well, I think that um, universities are going to have to probably be more nimble than they have in the past. And they're going to have to um, approach situations with more of a problem-solving eye. Um, that's not something USD is new to. That's what we do with a liberal arts education. Um, we solve problems. We, we ha we've learned that ability um, early on and throughout our lives. But universities are going to have to um, be able to respond to changing situations more quickly. Uh, this pandemic certainly uh, illustrated that need without question. You know, do you have any final thoughts, I guess, for our students or university community members? You know, I think when this pandemic started, I told campus that we're going to get through this and we're going to emerge stronger at the end. And everything I've seen so far has um, definitely given me hope that that's the case. Um, I think this is this challenge has has pulled us together. I hope that's true. I think this challenge has made us stronger um, and more committed and more resilient. Um, and I just can't thank our faculty, staff, students, community members, alumni, donors, friends of the university enough for pulling together as a coyote family and getting through this interesting and strange and challenging time. Um, President Gestring, thank you so much for joining us uh, this morning, and thank you so much for all the hard work that you're doing, um, along with the rest of the faculty and staff here at USD. Thank you, Michael.